Okay, talking to Matthew Lenz, uh, Bleed For Me, The Art of the Death Mash is the short film uh, about uh, kind of like hardcore wrestling or the like kind of like this crazy underground wrestling world. Before we start, Matthew, I gotta I gotta admit we're both named Matthew. We're both Buffalo Bills fans. I'm I'm a Mark as well. I am a fan of the sports, of the entertainment. So you don't have to talk over my head a little bit. I probably can catch up to what you're saying. So tell me about this short film because I think it's exceptional. I think it's an amazing film that I'm curious what you thought about. First of all, I'm curious what you thought about the audience feedback video because obviously not everybody was a wrestling fan who commented on your film. What did you think about their reaction to your film? Oh, uh, yeah, it was just interesting to see, you know, because obviously this film was kind of, uh, you know, targeted more towards people uh, that are familiar with the industry and stuff like that. But, you know, kind of my inspiration for making it is like, you know, anybody who even saw just like the thumbnail or something, you know, would click on it and watch it. So, you know, seeing the audience uh, just react to, you know, what these guys are doing, especially when they have like no... Uh, just frame of reference for you know what a death match is was yeah. uh, pretty interesting so you, you 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 set it up nicely you set it up like you pretended that i'm sure i'm assuming when you're editing it that if nobody knows about this world i have i'm gonna i'm gonna explain it to them first i guess right oh yeah most definitely because you have to set that baseline so people have a grasp of exactly what's going on are these guys actually fighting you know is it choreographed and i you know i keep that like level of dissociation where you know, I want the people watching it to, at a point in the film, you know, even though it's a short, you know, you could still grasp that. OK, I, I get it that it is choreographed, but it's still dangerous. So. Yeah, there's like there's a result in the ending, I guess. Like, I, I don't I hate when people say that, like wrestling's fake. It's staged, I guess. Right. I know I'm just yeah. for, you know what I mean? Like, it's like because even, you know, like obviously these guys are getting hurt and these guys are performing to get hurt. But. You know, even in the WWE, these guys are, 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 you know, are taking bumps. They're not like just coming, you know, like getting away scot-free, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then that was, you know, also one of the reasons that I thought uh, doing a documentary on this would be intriguing because it's like they are putting their bodies on the line, you know, and it's like they're putting their safety into the hands of the other performers, into the venue and stuff like that. And, you know, there, there were some instances where, you know, some stuff could have went you know really bad you know a couple times guys yeah. fall, hit their head on like some cement that they didn't know was past like the wooden like floor of the bar they hit the head on yeah. cement and you know one of the uh workers Mance warner got knocked out 20 minutes later came back you know he probably had a concussion and probably should have finished it but you know everybody had paid their tickets so those guys still you know perform the match so there's there's a lot to be said about you know how much uh these artists give uh you know to the people like just the audience like watching it so okay so and you said in the interview in the blog interview like tell people how they're getting around like there's kind of you kind of like figured out this loophole where they're getting yeah. around like not <laughs> you know what i mean like, there's gonna be a lot could be lawsuits of the of the establishment that takes place if someone's got a concussion or dies from a concussion or gets brain damage yeah. and you know there's all these kind of like <laughs> these legal issues that could occur right it's like with what they're doing so how did you get around it yeah so you know the bars and venues you know where they're having this uh for like the death match aspect you know they're they would be liable but uh you know i just did some reading i had a buddy who's an attorney and when christian casanova valentine uh started you know pitched the idea he was just like you know i'm gonna do this first one kind of real guerrilla style and real like just underground 
because he was working at the bar. He was like a bouncer there. So they were kind of like, all right, you got to promise us, you know, that if you get hurt or the other guy gets hurt, you're not going to sue us. So he kind of did like a little handshake and gave like the okay that it would be fine. But I was like, Christian, if we want to like, you know, make this bigger and expand this to like other places, we got to find some way to like, you know, get around this uh, loophole of like the gaming commission. Uh, so when there's a stage fight, even though if it's a wrestling match, which isn't a fight, you still need to have like medical personnel and a bunch of other yeah. people like on staff there. So I was like, well, you know, if we're saying we're, I bring some cameras, you know, and I have a team of people and we're shooting a documentary and we could just say that this is all staged and we, you know, it's all choreographed and things like that. Even though it is, we got around this loophole saying that it's a performance art piece rather than like a fight. So with that loophole we were able to you know and there's still some gray areas too so some of the bars and venues that we pitched it to were like absolutely not i don't care yeah. your, your insurance map for your film company like uh it still doesn't sound good but other places were like you know it'll get some people in on a wednesday night so we'll give it a shot i'm sure it gets a lot of people and i'm sure they they, they oh, spend yeah. a lot of money at the bar too right <clears throat> oh yeah 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 that's so it's like almost like <clears throat> It's like it's like what you just explained is like wrestling in, a, in an allegory where like everybody knows the WWE, but they all those people are independent contractors. They're not SAG members and they get hurt, even though that's crazy because they're performing every day. They're even doing backstage like acting, but they're not SAG members because they got this loophole with, quote unquote, this independent contractor, <laughs> the situation where it's like a bunch of BS. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's I mean, like. Oh, sorry. We we're even take because we're taking money from the door. You know, we'll do like a 50 50 split with, yeah. uh, you know, the bar and like the performers, you know, we'll get a cut of that. But, you know, some nights you just take like a, a gash to the back of the head and you need that stitched up. So that 350 bucks, the wrestler made, they're spending that at the, uh, you know, 24 hour like uh, urgent care you yeah. know, to get like stitched up and, you know, some of their injuries taken care of. So at the end of the day, they're not even making any money half the time. Did you ever consider doing this in like Canada where there's universal healthcare? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. We've, well, we've done some matches. Uh, Christian's done some matches in Canada and I went with them. We did a couple in Ontario and stuff like that. But when we're based in Brooklyn, getting over there, it's uh, it, it's a lot of legwork, but some of these guys will drive seven hours. You know, some of the people Christian uh, Casanova Valentine was able to bring up to Brooklyn. They were like big stars and like, Nashville these guys would drive you know 10 hours to Brooklyn do a 20 minute match and then jump back. in their van and drive back that night you know that's crazy so is it still this is still going on then well yeah there's still uh, I mean I've stepped away from like filming it now but uh yeah like Casanova Valentine is still uh he's got a promotion called New Fear City Wrestling uh if anybody wants to check that out they're still performing shows in Brooklyn and uh, other promotions have like started up in like Los Angeles and stuff. And now they're holding just exclusive like death matches at venues, music venues and bars and stuff like that. So when I, when I watched this film for the first time, I'm cause I'm old enough to remember uh, ECW. So that's like 1998, 1999. So I was like in university. So, but, so that's where I'm like, that was my correlation for this film where it was like ECW was this place in Philadelphia where they were doing like, they, they were alternative from like, WCW, WWE, where, where basically they were doing like hardcore style matches, right? Where and a lot of people were, became famous out of it too, right? So is did you watch yeah, Taboo things? Yeah, like oh, like Just Incredible, all those guys, Dudley Boys. Yeah, Dudley Boys. That's probably they're probably the most famous, I guess. Taz, right? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was always a big fan of ECW because, you know, when I was younger, the WWE in the Attitude Era, that's, you know, probably when I was like in high school, it was still like a little raunchy, but you yeah. kept wanting to just see like a little more. So you wanted to see a little more blood, a little more uh, sexuality and stuff like that. And ECW uh, catered to that taste of uh, anybody who wanted to see just a little more extreme stuff as but this goes back before that because remember like mick foley kind of like where yeah. what was he doing in japan was that like japan wrestling yeah new that was new japan uh wrestling or yeah. japan pro wrestling yeah one of the bigger promotions out there so then this is like this is a this is still like a mainstream like it could be a mainstream thing yeah. i'm trying to say and that's the thing but they were doing it in like sanctioned like rings and stuff like that yeah and what was great about uh casanova's idea was to you know, make it like a punk rock art show was to bring it into like a world where we could have, you know, before the match, you know, everybody's aware that a, like a fight is going to break out at some point. But before the match, it would be like a topless hot dog eating contest, a snake charmer, and then like a punk rock band and then, you know, a fight. So. so this is like your film has got tons of potential to be even like expanded made to a feature get sold this edition yeah, open maybe a docuseries or something like that to yeah. follow these guys because some of these guys you know they're just their character up to 11 but some of them are accountants you know during the day and they use like this death match yeah. as like an outlet for just like you know i i'm an actuary i do people's you know taxes all this stuff but at night i get to beat the shit out of somebody and get paid to do it so, so you did the you did the camera work because the base of the film is kind of like I know you did a couple of behind the scenes things, but most of the film has come from you're like you're talking from the fans' point of view. So your camera is always like you even you're showing fans at the gatherings, like it's yeah. from the paint. So you did you you did the, all the camera work? Oh uh, yeah, I did probably about ninety percent of the camera work that's uh, shown in the film. It's so I was like right there. I was three minutes away. You know how many lenses I had to uh, just clean blood off at the end of the night and. Well, you're pulling focus and like that, like it's fantastic. It's fantastic work. People don't know, like you even in the audience feedback video, people like couldn't help but like think like because you're right there, right? Like it's like oh yeah, yeah, I'm right there, and I know I need to get the shot, so I'm also like throwing people out of the way, you know, just to make sure I get that shot, you know, just that protecting your camera as well, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I brought my second body into it. I'm not bringing my C300, you know, Mark II in there. I was always using just like. I was shooting on like a backup C100 for a while. And then I was just doing like the little 4K like DSLRs because, uh, you know, sometimes you wanted to have that little just extra, but it just it gets expensive if I get because I had two cameras get destroyed uh, throughout the filming of it. Actually, I'm one assuming. guy not like spilt a like knocked over and spilt an entire beer down like the vents in my C100 and that fried that board real quick. So, yeah. No, I bet, but it's like, yeah, and like, and you go to different, like, go to so many different venues, and like, how much footage did you shoot? Um, I have over like a hundred hours of just deathmatch footage, and yeah. like lots of other interviews and stuff that weren't able to be included. But you know, that's why. So if something happens with this, and there's like a snowball effect where you know people get excited about this, I got enough footage to cut some single episodes for like a docu series like uh within a couple of months after because obviously you know that that there's probably like maybe like let's just hypothetically say there's like three million hardcore wrestling fans right out there in the united states and canada and that's not mistake like europe europe is huge as well so there's all these like podcasts where like 
they're always the top rated pod, like sports podcasts in the world from like Conrad Thompson, whatever. Right. So obviously there's, there's an audience that wants to suck in like our, our, our get, get as much, uh, I don't, what do you want to call it? Footage or whatever, like information or whatever you want to call it from, from wrestling. So you have this video with this, this movie, which is a great proof, proof of concept. So if you just throw it up, I know you're going through the festival circuit, but you throw it up on YouTube, promote it a little bit. There's going to be a huge audience for this oh, film. Oh yeah, no, there, there, there's already a like very large established audience yeah. for this, and like some people that don't even know that they're a fan become a fan instantly because they just want to know more. They're like, "How are these guys able to do this? What's their story?" So, well, there's this the quote unquote secret fans, I guess, right, who don't want to admit their yeah, fans, that's right. right. I, you know, when we're uh, when Casanova was putting on some like festivals or just kind of like shows in Brooklyn. You know, a lot of these people that were coming to the shows weren't necessarily wrestling fans. They were just like artists and, you know, just like people that would just work in New York, like work at restaurants or work at the bars and stuff. And they just hear about this. They want to just come check it out because especially doing it centered in Brooklyn, it just became like the cool thing to see on like, you know, once a month, this like secret show was going to pop up where these guys beat the shit out of each other in a bar. So that was kind of just bringing in new wrestling fans that didn't know they were fans. You know, like, I guess what I'm saying is that there's like there's a, there's a great opportunity here for yourself in this this world, right? And of course, there's, you have to get through some legalities, I guess, right? But yeah. but yeah, there's a huge opportunity, so that's why huge I'm opportunity. Really there's two things that I wanted to see from from a fan's point of view. I want to see the, the point of view of the female wrestlers because that's interesting, <laughs> right? Oh and, yeah, I mean, some of these girls are you know. That they would be uh, their own series, just yeah, exactly interesting. That you know they're bringing the pain as much as uh, the guys are, and in in the behind the scenes, like where like they because you don't see it that much. I know that the, the wrestling has opened up, and they're kind of like you know they know that nobody's nobody knows everybody knows it's fake now, right? Meaning that that so they they go behind the scenes and they show a lot of stuff, but they never really show how a, how a match is staged. Do you know what I mean? Like how like someone choreographs a match. I know a lot of it's improvisation, but I love to see that concept of like these two guys, like, like you said, one's an accountant, whatever, right. They see them. Oh, yeah. I, I originally, my original cut uh, for this film, I had a little bit of that, but it just, it didn't come across as clear as I wanted it to like what the guys are doing. I had like one of the earlier uh, moments in Casanova's uh, like deathmatch career where he was doing a, actually uh, like a match in a ring and he's working with another uh, performer, uh, Dan O'Hare, and they're going over the step-by-step sort of thing. And I was cutting it from when they were talking about it to the actual match and stuff. But yeah. I just, I had to have it hit the editing floor because it just, it took too much time for it to come across as clearly as I wanted it to. Yeah, you, it, like, you, just, you wanted, I guess you wanted under half an hour, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, just just for this. So, because I could get it out there and stuff before I spent uh, just some more time on it. But just another thing that, that shows people, like, I think what your, your thematic is, is like, these guys are artists, these guys are performers, and this is their way of performing. It's like, and this has been going on for hundreds of years. Yeah. It's, it's like, if, like they, if, if this was the day of the gladiators, you know, they'd be the, you know, sports stars of the world right now. Cause... 100%. And then so like, so then you're just so then you like, it's like going to a theater show. Of course, it's a little bit more, yeah, it's, but it's the same kind of analogy. And that's sort of what your agenda is that these guys are pure artists. So that's what I mean. I, like like, I love to see. The term, Hill, Hillbilly Broadway is the. 
Yeah, I don't even yeah. like that. I don't like that term, but because it, it, it's a connotation of like yeah. you're not that smart, right? Being like right. that. Well, that's but it's like Broadway, but just dumbed down a little bit. Sorry. Yeah, I, I don't even want to. I, I don't even think you should do that. I think it should. I know. Be like, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. It's like it's not because yeah. they they did it like they did some um like uh, they did like uh, some surveys and like people who are wrestling fans they're not like they're pretty like upper class middle class upper class people right like they're the, the connotation is that they live in like i'm not even trying to be down on that they try to they, they live in like a trailer park they're not they, you know what i mean they're not educated but it's not really true right so i don't even that's why i mean i don't like that term right yeah okay. no but i mean wrestling is escapism no matter what your social class or status like it's just something to take you away from you know the mundane just points of your life and just like throw you into a world that you know there's a a good guy, bad guy, you know, a heel, a baby face, and yeah. they're like duking it out. And, you know, whoever wins, wins. And that level of like, you know, expectation where you, you know, for a moment, like somebody's about to overtake the other person, it doesn't happen. Like that keeps you engaged and, yeah. you know, and emotionally attached to the wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, the way, whatever way it's set up. Right. So. And I love how you interview some of these fans. Like they're they're fantastic. So, like I said, this this one is like you can see what in your editing is. It's just it's a really nicely done. Like forget about the the the. the yeah, but a lot of the editing was also done by uh, Christian Payment. Uh, he's somebody I brought on a little later in the project that I found. So he did uh, some of the editing, like a lot a lot of the editing for this cut later in the piece. So. Yeah, no, it's really like it's a really nicely done. I just say like forget about the subject. It's a really nicely professionally done documentary where it tells a story. It tells a world that we don't know about. Like, and so we're as a, as an audience, we're a fish out of water, or at the same time, or we're a mark and we like know this world, and you kind of like we're, are able to entertain us from both levels. Like either you're a fan or you're you're an amateur, you don't know anything about it, but you were able to entertain it. That's very difficult to do. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no, good job. So like I said, there's, there's, there's so much potential here because there's like such a huge audience. So, so to, you're, you're, you're very honest in the, in the blog interview about that, basically that you were like, uh, you got some money and then you went like on this binge for whatever drug alcohol yeah. binge for a couple of years. And well, then you realize that what's that? That was me and Casanova for a long time. We were just, we were having too much fun in Brooklyn for too many years. So that's a... Yeah. So then like, it's very honest of you to, to say that because it's like, even you were talking about even shooting it a lot of times that you were on drugs when you're shooting it. Right. Yeah. I was like, so like people ask me, hey, do you remember what to shoot? I was like, I don't even remember. I was like, you know, 12 beers deep and way too many lines in that I couldn't even like remember, like, which, you know, it's kind of sad to me, but it, that helped me sober up once I, realize that holy crap we got a lot of good stuff here i gotta focus and like bunker down to like you know get something that i i'm passionate about made as well because i spent a lot of time helping casanova like achieve his dream and getting this off the ground and yeah. getting it just recognized all over the place that i was kind of putting the film on the back burner because it again started off just as like the loophole so we could get you know the yeah. the guys in the in the venue to like uh perform the event in the first place so then i was like you know i gotta get on the right path to get this done so so like so then he had he had a drug problem as well right casanova yeah how's he doing is he doing okay now oh well that's the yeah i get you know it's we you kind of evolve as a human and then you know there's that moment where you wake up and it's like you know before we throw before you know either of us threw the fame or like you know all the achievements that we've wanted to like accomplish away 
you know, you got to wake up before it's too late. So, yeah, it's a good way to put it. Uh, just from personal experience, it's a, it's a good way to put it. Uh, so then, so then you like, so when did you like, when was the epiphany for you where like, okay, I, I, I have to like get it together. I have to like, was it like, was it the art that was motivating you? Like what was motivating you? Did someone slap you around? Did you hit rock bottom? You said you like, you ended up like you woke up in a truck or something like that in the next day. Yeah. I woke up in the back of a truck. Uh, I, was, I don't even know how I got to Staten Island, woke up in a pickup truck pretty much naked they had no idea how i got there no idea who took me to staten island like and i was just like all right by the time you know i lost everything so walking around half naked found you know some you get right stuff. in staten island i guess right huh no no yeah, we, right were in, based, yeah. we were based in brooklyn so it was a ways and i had no money <laughs> no phone so you know luckily somebody drove by and saw the predicament i was in and they had a similar understanding experience and they were yeah. just like all right man you need some help i was like dude i just need to go over the verrazano and they're like hey we're heading that way anyway so so they picked you back up. to my apartment and kicked the door in and then uh you know had that epiphany at that moment right there so right when i walked in i was like looked at my place and i was like oh god am i live like this <laughs> yeah. like, one around was just like uh, i gotta i gotta wake up because like i had a very successful production company i was doing very well but I was spending all my profits, everything I was making on uh, late night entertainment. Let's just say that. Just, yeah, yeah, no, I, I like I get I get what you're saying. It's like because you know that you're talented, right? You knew that you have ability, and you're, you're kind of wasting it away, I guess, right? Yeah, and it was just hard too because like during the day, like I had a similar thing. Because like uh, my specialization in video is I film uh, a scientific procedures, so I film like. Like I was going fucked up in the morning. Actually, should I say that? Uh, whatever. I, I don't do my guys do this now, but I was like, I would film like sci like uh, medical experiments and surgeries and stuff after a night of not even sleeping. Like I drive to Philadelphia to shoot at like the Philadelphia, like uh, Philadelphia Children's Hospital. And I was just doing drugs and drinking all night. No sleep. Drove there drunk to the hospital and I was filming like an orthopedic surgery you know, in the morning. And I was just like, how am I getting away with this? How have I, nothing terrible happened to me yet? So yeah, well, you know, it was going to catch up to you. Right. So it always yeah. does. Yeah. I had to make a change before, like, you know, I ended up in jail or dead. So yeah. So you caught yourself. Did you ever talk to those people who picked you up again or they were just like good Samaritans? Oh, uh, good Samaritans. No, I, I was like, I, if they gave me their number, I had nothing to write it down with or any, yeah. like, they, you know, no, they were two guys. Vinny, I remember Vinny. Vinny and his uh, brother from Staten Island, of course. Yeah, so you know, I was like, <laughs> I, I remember laughing about that. It's I would probably guess only Paulie, like Paulie, probably be the other one, but that's I'd get like a 50 50 on guessing his name was Polly. There's probably only 50,000 Vinnies in Staten Island, I guess, right? So it'd be hard to find. Yeah, but if he sees this, reach out to me, man. That's a, appreciate you know, so, I owe you one. So basically, you're going to do that for somebody else, like in the future, right? Like, oh, yeah, most definitely, because I'm a little more self aware now and focused on, you know, what's actually important to me. Yeah. But let's, like, let's not uh, sugarcoat this. There's like, this is, this is a, a disease, it's an addiction. It's not easy to do. It's like, it's like the easy thing to do is to say, oh, I, this is, look at my life. I'm, I'm terrible. Look at like, like I, my, my life is shit. I have potential. That's it the is. easy thing to do. The hard thing to do is actually like keep up with it. And, and when you have that self doubt and that self pity and that, that, you know, that urge, those urges, that's the hard part of like keeping sober, I guess. Right. Uh, no, it is. And it's like, 
but I'm going to say, like, I'm not trying to tell people they got to just remain sober, but you got to manage it a little better. And if fun is the only thing you're after each night, you do have to have like a change because like health and you got to have you got to prioritize a little better because I just I just wasn't. I was just like burning it at both ends, all the ends, you know, and it's like if I could have just managed it a little better, I could still be having fun. But, you know in moderation is a good thing. So is there an al- is there an, an allegory with these wrestlers? Like, are they chasing something? Like this is what you're, you're talking about chasing something, chasing yeah, well, some that, certain high, some certain fun like that. You're not going to, you're not going to achieve. Yeah. It's, I mean, for these guys, like it is an adrenaline rush, you know, it's like a lot of guys really try to perfect their character, but other guys just love, you know, that feeling of blood running down their face. I can't speak for any, you know, like individually, but, you know, it's a total, it's like a light switch, you know, right when the first like cut is made and then the gashes start, yeah. you know, they just get into that match and that performance tenfold. And then it just explodes into something else. So it's like, all right, so we cut it there. Let's see if we can like how much we can gash the, you know, your back and, you know, just get your entire back like bloody. So yeah. I, I think it's just like some people have like the bloodlust. Some people just have like loved like the cheer of the crowd behind them. Yeah, I think that there, there, there's a combination of both. But what would a psychologist say about this? You should interview a psychologist. Oh, I don't have time for this. Like, let's go. So, <laughs> no, I don't know. That's, like, uh, they're, what would they say? I don't know. They'd be asking questions and they'd yeah. be intrigued and interested, which is kind of, again, why I did the film, to get people asking questions or why are people putting their bodies on the line to, you know, just entertain people. So, yeah. It's just that what we've learned in the last like 10 years, especially, is that people got to watch their heads, right? Like, they can't. Chair shot. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. The amount of head injuries I've seen, because I had a couple friends that were uh, MDs and stuff. So I kind of have them stage in the audience. You know, I'd be like, I could get them to go to like two shows each before they were like, I just legally can't even be here because there's so many things that they oh. shouldn't be doing, you know. But luckily, I had one in the audience uh, when Mance Warner had an obvious concussion, it was completely blacked out, knocked out in front of like 300 people, you know, and she's like, Matt. I'm going to like, I know he's going to go back out there, but I'm going to leave right now because like I've given him my medical opinion that he should not go back out there and he needs to go to the emergency room right now. You know that, but just because of the fans were that important to Mance, like he went back out there and finished the match. But you're seeing that like, cause you're, you're, uh, I'm I'm assuming you watched the Miami Buffalo game where, where Tua, like he just using it as an example, he shouldn't have came come back into the game, right? Like he obviously was concussed. And they well, he should have came back for a bunch of other reasons, but I don't want to get into that because he What's ended that? up. No, well, just because he came back and then they won, so that's yeah. But know, that's but like, listen, we're going to make yeah. the playoffs. We're going to win the division. Right. Doesn't matter, right? It's one yeah. game. I so, track, but yeah, he sh- he came back because he you know no he needed to. You know, to like just for the fans and everything. That's what I'm saying. That could, no, well, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's because people were. You get to that level, you're competitive. You have that competitive nature. You don't get to the to the NFL and not have any competitive spirits in you. Like that's the problem. But the other the other issue is that other people got to take care of you because you're not you you can't make the decision for yourself, especially when you're in your 20s as well, right? So that's the same kind of allegory where like these guys. I don't think they're doing it. They're doing it perhaps a little bit more for themselves than anything else. And you got to like, you got to watch them up because I think there's, there's, there's something that could be great here. Right. That could yeah, be like, could hit the level of like, you know, of like mainstreamness, but 
it's it's the injuries that you work while wake out well worry about right Every, they're they're all doing their own thing right they're all allowed to do their own thing they sign they can sign their leases but it's the it's the head injuries 10 years from now 20 years from now that you have to worry about yeah right? and then, that's the kind of thing they're not worrying about that which they should be a little bit but that's, that's the whole analogy with Tua. It's like he he can't decide for himself because he he's not thinking ahead, right? He's thinking in the moment, right? Yeah, and uh, you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, but you know if there's that moment a couple years down where you're like, you know, they give it they give it up and they don't have that anymore, all they all they're going to be thinking about is, man, I should have just stayed with it. Like, shouldn't have just given up just because, even though it was for like a valid reason, you know, just even that factor drive somebody just to keep pushing themselves yeah okay yeah so <laughs> yeah we could talk more about i don't want to advocate for it i'm just yeah. saying like it's just... <laughs> no I, I understand what you're saying so basically the moral of the story is that nicely like you're a great documentarian even if it's this subject or whatever you know what you're doing nicely put together film you're unbelievable like just the this the camera work in itself is and if you said you got like uh, like 90 extra minute hours of minute uh, footage I'd love to see what else you got. I'm sure. Oh, people- I've got hundreds of hours of extra footage of just interviews, stuff like that. With, I got a whole like section with luchas. I got lots more to do. So, so I'd love to see this uh, go further for yourself. What do you think that we can do to help you out? Uh, we will, because I think that I hope it's doing well in the festival circuit. And uh, I'm glad you submitted to us. I know this is like, yeah, not, this is a film not for everybody, but like that said, there's a huge audience for it. Right. So. No, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your talk, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Hasenbemp Incorporated. We're going to do it.